Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this atmosphere, Jesus. We thank you for the times we've come and been able to drink at this fountain, eat from your table. Sons and daughters of God, it speaks of a future home and a millennium and a marriage supper that we're going to be together forever. Tonight we've sensed your presence and rejoicing, thanksgiving of the saints. We feel like running up to one another and hugging one another, fellowshipping. Oh God, if we feel that brotherly kindness the way we should, Lord, there ought to be a heartfelt compassion endearing to one another, knowing that we're one day closer to the change. But Lord, there's something more special than that. It's when you come and speak to us. It's when you put your arms around us. It's when you speak your word. As our brother Michael's prayed already, Lord, we want to prepare our hearts and be attentive. Give us strength in this Wednesday night service. And we know that Satan would like to breathe sickness and viruses upon your people. But we stand together as the body of Christ. And we believe for healing and deliverance. If any person sick tonight, let them be stronger at the end of this service than they are right now. Anyone streaming that's weary, would you strengthen them, God, and just minister to the body. We're not here to see someone up front just exercising or speaking some words. We want to get into a channel now where it's you and us alone. Privately, Lord, speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen, amen. God bless you tonight. May the Lord bless you. I just, if the brothers have put up our first slide, um, some of you might already be aware, but 68 years ago tonight, January the 24th, 1950, is when the pillar of fire came and was photographed with a prophet. I think that's wonderful because it was about the time that Mr. Best thought he was going to, you know, have this argument and everything. And the photo- photographer thought he was going to get away with some nice photos for the newspaper. That It was about that time the Lord said, I've, I've had enough. I'm going to go down there myself. Amen. And he stood with his prophet. And a few years later, Brother Branham said, you've got the picture of it here. Science has took its picture, the scientific mechanical eye of the camera. George J. Lacey examined that picture from Houston that night. He said, I thought it was psychology, but said the mechanical eye of this camera won't take psychology. Said the light struck the lens. The light's there. We don't, we don't want to just be looking back tonight. 
So what is it? The same pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel? It's the same thing here today, the same Christ. Well, here it is, back again tonight, dwelling in all of us, the universal church, doing the same thing, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe that. He's right in this room right now. He's taking his photograph with you. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's right here tonight. So we want to turn right to the scripture. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. And just welcome all of you for your strength and worship. If we feel that way about it, the Lord appreciates your vigorous worship. Amen. He, He wants a bride that's alive, serving Him in beauty. Amen. Even if it's the next just hour or so we're here, we want to just give it our all. Give it our best. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 18. And we'll read um, together as we tonight are speaking on an appropriate response to shaking times. And uh, Paul was speaking about that here. And we'll start reading at verse 18. For ye are not come, ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. Notice he said, ye are not come to this type of an experience. For they could not endure that which was commanded. For if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. I remind you, Paul said, we've not come to that kind of an experience. Amen. So the, fi- the quaking and the fearing, we just need to put on Satan and just turn it right around tonight and say, we don't fear you. Amen. And we're not approaching the Lord by fear and some dogmatic, abusive father or husband. We don't know him that way. We know him in a much dearer way. Do we not? He's wonderful. Verse 22. But ye are coming to Mount Zion... And unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Amen. We've been hearing about perfection. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. He's speaking of Christ there. Verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised saying yet once more, I shake not the earth only but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. 
I'd like to read verse 27 again. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace. I like this verse. We receive in a kingdom that cannot be moved. Let us have grace. Whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. God bless your hearts tonight as you rejoice. Amen. You can have your seats. I think the services from Dallas, Texas are available online. At least they were this morning, unless somebody asked them to remove them. So uh, you might be interested in those. I listened to a little bit of Brother Tom and Brother Michael services. And isn't it good that we can stay connected? And the Word is good around the world tonight. We have received a kingdom that cannot be moved. Let's get right into the Word tonight because there is an appropriate response to shaking times. And when I looked at verse 26 down to 28, particular when the Bible is speaking about uh, being shaken or to be shook, uh, when you look those words up, they're not really words of faith. To be shook, like to be trembled, or it means to be quivering, or quaking, or to be shuddered, or shivering. And the word shaken means to be surprised, or to be stunned, or to be dazed, and it can actually mean to be upset. So when Paul was speaking about this, uh, speaking about those things that are shaken, Uh, The removing of those things that are shaken. I believe that as believers we can agree that we want those things to be shaken off of us that are not eternal. Those things that cause us to tremble in fear or to be shuddered or to be quaking in our lives as believers. we, We need to just turn that around as we hear the word so that those things that cannot be shaken may remain. And those things that cannot be shaken are the virtues of God. His predestination in your life. Your calling and election. It has to do with those things that are of God's kingdom. They cannot be removed. And so when we look at these things tonight, I want to just fellowship with you a moment out of works as faith expressed as Brother Branham talked about God's predestinated plan, how it's coming more into plain view and talking about the word of God as being a seed and how the ground had to be prepared beforehand. And that when Jesus talked about the sower that went out to sow and you know how the birds would take up some and the thorns and the thistles choked out others. Jesus gave that parable. But the ground had to be prepared beforehand. And God, Brother Branham talked about that in Shreveport, God in sovereign grace prepares the heart first. He prepared you before the foundation of the world to receive Him in this age. I just love the Word of God. I hear something like that and it makes everything in our day, everything in our lives that's shaken, it just kind of brings a level to it. To hear from the Word that you have been prepared to receive Him in this age ought to give your heart a lot of faith to be able to move out there in 
these cycles and under these inspirations that we don't need to be crying and whimpering tonight, but we can speak the Word out and say, Lord, that is the faith You've put in my heart. You foreknew me by Your foreknowledge. I've been ordained to eternal life. And Brother Branham said He knew You Therefore, He prepared you. So tonight, we're not looking to so much of our uh, body realm that would be falling or failing or being shooken. We're not speaking about our spirits that can be easily stunned or caused to be upset. There's an eternal quality about you. And all of the ministers that God has given us are really gold uh, mine diggers. And they're digging for diamonds. They're looking for things that would spark your heart and move you out into those planes of receiving inspiration for your daily walk. And I thank God, especially daily and weekly as we've been hearing the Word, that it's good eagle food. I was listening to that message and remember, keep our um, thought before you. I'll keep it on the screen for the next few minutes. Uh, an appropriate response to these shaking times because we've all gone uh, through shaking times. Maybe you're going through them tonight. And he spoke about Moses and how that um, when he looked at his clock and seen what time it was, and he knew how he must have thought as he watched And he got all of this together. All of this great thing that he's seen in the scripture time. And the prayer of his mother and his father. He was born a peculiar birth, an odd child. And all along there was something way down in him. And he slips off and tries to think he would take his military training from his school and to deliver the children. And that failed. Let me say this about you tonight. Every other path that is not God's provided way for you is going to fail. And all you need to do when you get off that path, when God reveals that, is just come back to the path. So Moses tried military training, he tried schooling, and he got up into the wilderness and married a lovely Ethiopian girl, and they had a little boy named Gershom. And one day when Moses was just tending his flock, all at once he seen a bush, a burning bush on top of the mountain, and it was burning. And he went up there, not an intellectual, not an imagination, not a delusion, Not an optical illusion. What we showed you there just a little bit earlier. Maybe I'll just go back to to that with you tonight. This is not an optical illusion. It's not just a light bulb on the top of the building there. Amen. When George G. Lacey said light struck the lens... If it would have been a light bulb, he would have put that in his notes. But science has had to prove, just as we believe this message, and as I, Moses was walking, he knew that what he was seeing, and we've got to accept that today, that it's not an optical illusion. We're not under delusion. People say, well, you've just been brainwashed. But there has to come a time that you know that you're not just been brainwashed. God came to you. God is coming to us. Jesus is ministering, as Brother Tom said on Saturday morning, He said, the ministry is delivering the heart of God to the people. 
And if we believe that, then we've got to believe that God goes beforehand to give us a word for what we're going to have to deal with to give us an appropriate response, not just across the pulpit, but in our character tomorrow. God is putting things into our lives that in the midst of shaking, moving, shuddering times, the bride is already hearing from the mind of God. She's already catching a word beforehand. That's God's love to us. And we should rejoice about that as Moses saw this and it wasn't an intellectual or an imagination, but it was the God of Abraham in a light, a pillar of fire back in a bush. Same pillar of fire that was with Moses was with the prophet. And that prophet said, he's here again tonight. 2018, he's here tonight. Watch what Brother Branham said. This is what caught my heart. These, uh, this fire, like waves going out. But it didn't bother the bush. And the voice of the Scripture, the voice of God spoke through there and said, I have chosen you. You are a man and I raised you up for this purpose. I'm proving you here by signs. You're going to deliver the people because my word has got to be fulfilled. And Brother Branham stops and says, Oh, his word of this day has got to be fulfilled. We're living in the hour. No matter what anyone else says, the word has to be fulfilled. Heavens and earth is passing away. But God's word will never pass away. Friends, you hang on to the word and there's an eternal value there that will just break you out like Isaiah. He had been used to Uzziah and used to the kingdom and the presence and all kinds of you know clothing and all kinds of atmosphere of pomp and ceremony. But when the, the year that that ended, he saw the Lord. Hallelujah. We're seeing the Lord tonight. So Moses got all this together. He's talking about the prayers of a mother, prayers of a father. He saw what was happening in the Word, what was happening with even Gershon and his dear wife. He got all this together and he's seen by every direction. And here is where it caught me also. It anointed his faith. So when you begin to see that this is not just ordinary things happening, God's orchestrating, God's behind this, it anoints your faith. So my, what a thought that itself being the scripture pointing right straight and speaking of God and the evidence of it there, it anointed what faith he had in him to go to work. Now why Christ speak is four months after the opening of the seals. This is July 1963. And this is really why I'm bringing this quote right at the beginning, speaking on shaking times. Because Brother Branham had just had the, the angels come down and he went back to Jeffersonville and the Lamb had opened the seven seals in March. This is just July. Four months later, he's standing in the tabernacle, the same pulpit, the same place... And he said, what ought it to do to us? We need a repentance. We need a revival. I'm saying myself, Brother Branham's talking, I'm saying myself, I need a shaking. I need something. I said I was speaking to myself this morning, or about myself. I need a waking ending up. And I thought, my, four months after preaching the seals... What do you need to wake you up? 
What revival are you speaking about, Brother Branham? When he said, we need a repentance myself. I need a shaking. And I thought, what would have shook you more than being under that anointing for ten services? And what could have brought a greater repentance or a greater revival or a shaking? He's actually being honest with the church and saying, I need something. Four months after these great occasions and moving of the Spirit, it shows how we all go through seasons. We go through cycles. And just after a few months, he goes through these great times. A prophet was saying, I need a shaking. And he got him those that same year. And you and I are going to get shakings. There's going to be times of, of moving in our lives when these things happen. So I'll just move along as we speak about this further. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 again and look back into the, what Paul was speaking about. Let's open up our hearts tonight to look at an appropriate response now. Hebrews 12.26 Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Hebrews 12:27. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken. Of things that are made. That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. An appropriate response, appropriate has to do with the suitable response or uh, the fitting response. What is proper? As the wise men, I, I got that word actually from God's gifts always find their places. When Brother Branham spoke about the wise men and talked about how they were traveling and following the star. And he said, these wise men with their appropriate gift was guided right through to it. An appropriate gift, a suitable gift. The, the gift that they gave was fitting for deity, gold. The gift that one gave was suitable or proper for to be in service. Frankincense. And when one gave myrrh, uh, it was speaking of his death, that also was proper. That was fitting to the child. Speaking of further even his life. So it wasn't just the child, it was what was inside of him. Salvation was to come through the Messiah. So it was an appropriate gift that was born. It was an appropriate gift that was given. And so this hour that we're living in tonight is calling for an appropriate or a suitable response to the time we're living in. Just hold this now because a response has to do with your answer or a comeback or your reply to the word. 
So it doesn't mean, and I don't want you to misunderstand that, that when we speak about a response that we're only playing defense, that we're just responding to the devil, or we're responding to troubling times, or we're responding to that shaking moment. No, I'm speaking about the response or of God through the bride body. What is the uh, suitable and a fitting comeback for these times? He is the head. So he knows ahead. So it's transmitting that down into the body. It's the response through the bride is what we're speaking about. Now Hebrews 12, 26 and 27, when it talks about shaking times, moving times, Paul also spoke about times of trouble, perilous times. I'm not going to be lingering on on these points tonight, so hold them in your heart. We are living in perilous times. Times that are hard to take, hard to manage. It's going to take more than an intellectual mind to overcome the devil in this generation. It's going to take more than just somebody propped up by some religious charisma. Just a powerful church. No, it's going to take individuals that know their God that do great exploits. And so, times of trouble? Yes. Times that are going to be hard to take this year, 2018. A prophet said the world is falling apart. And that's nothing but the truth. As we turn into the new year, and I'm speaking now for you as an individual, and for our families, for your marriages in our church, and for the bride in general, as we come into this season, it it actually is calling for us, and it's actually mandating us to step it up. All parties, all individuals, every person that is connected to the message of the hour, as we come into another season, there's a response for us. It's not just hearing sermons and going through turning of calendars and another year. But when we we are sensing by the Word of God that there's a change, there's a symphony, there's a movement of the director saying, let's go in a certain direction. The Word alone calls for us to make a move. And remember last Wednesday, that move is in humility and in reverence. So it's not a lopsided uh, thing happening through your life, but it's a suitable response. It's, it's a fitting answer to the events you're going through. Now, how many would say that is exactly my heart, is to be a type of believer that it's God responding through me? I believe that with all of my heart. We're going to go through times when our experience is going to be tested to the max. We have to have roots. Times when the Word is going to be tested in our lives, this Word is going to be tested. Not in Word only, but where's the power? You can talk all you want, but where's the life? And so now, times when your faith is going to be called into action. That's what I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about not just Wednesday night or Sunday morning, Sunday night or a youth meeting or a convention or camp. I'm speaking about your daily walk with God. The something in you being anointed to move out there 
to respond appropriately in that situation. Brother Branham in Jonesboro, Arkansas was praying and thanking the Lord for the grace that has kept us. I think we're thankful for the grace. He said, oh, the trials and the heartaches and the shaking times and down through the shadows, through the cold spells. And here we are gathered tonight after seven years still in love with Jesus. Aren't you so thankful tonight? You know, I just want to be, if it's the last service or service before the catching away, that I'm still there. I'm present. In the midst of the cold spells, the heartaches, and the headaches, and the troubling times, and the shaking times when you feel like you're just shuddering, just maybe quivering and trembling there. That's all human. So I'm not speaking to just that element. We all shake and shudder. I'm speaking to the real you. That faith you. That we're so gathered around tonight. Still in love with Jesus. I was thinking about shaking times on your behalf. And I was thinking of some examples of shaking times. And I was thinking how the death of a loved one can be a shaking time. Shaking times when a father has a heart attack or a father or a mother is incapacitated by a sudden accident or maybe it's in your life. There's a sudden change or it's like something hits you suddenly like our sister Robinson driving down the road and all of a sudden something jolts their car and and puts her into a condition, her hip and her hands and muscles and those are shaking events. The loss of a loved one, the the loss of a job can be very shaking to a family or to a brother, especially a provider. It can really shake you down. When everything's going good, well, we just say the sun is shining and it's all good. But when the sun doesn't shine and the rains are pouring and it just seems like it's life is down to where the rubber meets the road, those are shaking events. I think you agree with me tonight. A, a sudden injury, something that you hadn't planned. You can budget, you can say, project out there for the new year what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, a sudden injury puts you back or it slows you down. Have you had that happen in your life? Or a sudden sickness? I think there's some churches in the United States that are, have even canceled services in the past week because of the flu epidemic. And it'll, it'll affect a certain area. Good believers. Good families. I'm speaking about believers tonight. Things that shake us. Things that change our schedules. And, and, and maybe there's a situation that was not of your own doing. But it just came across and really shook you. And then maybe there's things that was of your own doing. And it just kind of matured. And you realized that happened. And... We've got to pick up the pieces and we've got to go forward in Jesus' name. And those are burdens. Those are things that we carry. As I believe the Holy Spirit is in everywhere. The very song that Brother, uh, Brother Paris sang Sunday night, we were singing in Seattle. 
on Sunday night. I believe there's a mind of God, friends. Wherever you go, God knows what He's doing in His Word. I was so thrilled when I heard that and was able to view the service as we were there Sunday night and to know that the Holy Spirit has a mind. There's a channel. He's a faithful one. In the midst of your sickness, your injuries, your accidents, your loss, the situations and unforeseen, catastrophic, just something strikes the country, strikes the nation. Famines, pestilences, perils, swords. They're, they're things that just wipe through a whole community. And this is last, but unplanned trials. I mean, you can look ahead through the year and say, there's going to be a hard time or that's going to be a time of trouble. I've got to prepare for that, but... There are unplanned trials we go through, that we go through, that God knows for our good and for our well-being, for our character. But I'm not speaking so much about the shaking and those things to get your focus on that. It's to, Lord, what is our response to that then? What would be an appropriate, suitable, what is your character in this, Lord? And I want to say two things tonight about that. God has given a lot of grace. He has given you and I a lot of grace. Brother Jason, He's given us a lot of long-suffering. Our God is still rich in mercy. We believe that tonight. He is rich in mercy. And I was thinking over the weekend and even through Tuesday, His goodness leads to repentance. That struck the one that wrote in Romans 2.4, The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. We can rejoice tonight that God was good to lead you to repentance. Isn't He great? He, he knows how to break your will so you say, I surrender. Instead of saying, that's harsh, that is hard, that is so rude, we need to look at it and say, it's your goodness. What are you doing through this? I'm leading you. I'm leading you. I'm leading you to a place. So we agree that God has been good to us in grace. Rich in mercy. His goodness has been wonderful. As it was spoke on a week and a half ago. But I want to turn that now to God is also calling on us that has received that goodness and grace to a greater responsibility. And this is where it gets a little serious. That if we have received His grace and received His mercy, there's a greater accountability for us. There's a greater maturing that the hour requires of us. We can't just go back to the cycle of being a child in that situation. You can't respond immaturely now. You're down the road. God's looking at you and I for our character. He's expecting growth. God's expecting fruit this year in our plants. So when He's looking at our response, you say, Brother John, are you saying that we're going to have another, another time of shaking? This is when our prayer life needs to get very close to God. And we pray as believers, Lord, what would you have me to be? What would you have me? It's personal responsibility. It's not putting it off 
Has anyone here recognized it's very common in this generation in a time when it really gets squeaky to put the blame on somebody else? I'm not the way I should be because of this. We can't do that no more. It's not just realigning the blame or put an excuse back here. No, it's the individual saying, Lord, what would you have me to be at this time? What would you have me to do? Now, how many has ever prayed, why am I here? Nobody. I mean, why am I here? This job, this place. Thank you, brother. Yeah, why am I here? What, what, what am I here for? What is my purpose? I think we've all prayed, what is my calling in life? Or why am I here on earth? I'm not going to focus on that tonight. I'm turning it around to a time that God needs to answer that question. For you and I individually, why am I here? And He gives you an answer. What is my purpose can be an upward prayer or it can be God actually answering the question. This is your purpose. Don't you understand by that situation, this is what you're here for. We need those revelations. We need those moments. I didn't expect to go here, but I'm just going to go to some of my personal notes in just a moment. This question of what is my calling needs to be answered by God and not your mother, not your daddy or by someone well-intentioned in the church. It needs to come between you and God. When God answers that question, what is my calling to you? And you go in that direction. Do we believe that tonight? Now, all of us as believers, even though you and I knew that it would come to this, when it starts to unfold and it starts to manifest, we often times are still numb in ourselves to what is really happening. I'm getting right down home. When th- many of us, we felt like it would come to this. So we feel like you just knew that it was going to come to this. But when it starts to unfold and actually starts to come out, we oftentimes, even the best of us, and we need to encourage the, the weaker ones among us, we feel numb sometimes. Is this really happening? And sometimes you feel like you're going through the motions. I'm, I might, you might think I'm going out on a limb right here, but sometimes you observe yourself... And it's like God and you, and it's like you're a third person. And it's like that there's something unfolding in your life, and you're going through the motion. Something's happening. And, and you're, because you are a believer, and we've already gone through that, you've been predestinated. You, God prepared the ground in you to accept it. So it's like you're observing something, an event going on. God's will's unfolding right there in front of you. And I want to encourage you tonight, respond appropriately at that time. Don't just throw up your hands and say whatever. It's not whatever. It's you now. Let me just say some things right along this line here to to maybe help you as we speak about shaking times and then our response. People will change. Relationships change. And that's just the way life goes. People do change. 
And even in the house of God, we've got to give one another enough freedom and enough rope as it was to change. And things go through cycles. But as we speak about our uh, response, our attitude is very important. Our approach is vital. The atmosphere that's around us as we're going through our response to this is paramount. It's true. And as we look at it the way that believers should, the Word has to be our guide. That's got to be something nailed down right away. It's fundamental. But as you go forward as a Christian, the Word must be your guide. Even Brother Branham, which was a trained guide, when he got in a, going in the circle of death, he had to depend on another source. And we have to just lift up our hands and admit, I'm lost, or I don't know which way to go, or how to respond appropriately, Lord. But as you lift up your hands and surrender, you'll find that wire leading you right back to home. Right to the destination. Can we do that tonight spiritually? Just lift up our hearts. Lift up our hands and surrender and say, God, flow through me, Lord. Friends, we are going to stay strong on the message. That must be our absolute, has got to stay strong on the Word. We're not going to take a side trip into psychology or what man age could do the best of them. No, the bride is going to stay strong on the message. You might wonder why we've been preaching this way for the start of this new year. It's putting good seeds into all of our hearts. Don't back up. Don't take a side trip. Our leadership must stay the word. Our headship must stay the word. You as an individual has got to determine with everything within you, I am not going to lean on human emotion. Emotions will fail you because once they'll be up and then they'll be down. And then you'll feel really strong and all positive and literally within seconds you can just fall into a place. That's emotion. God's Word's steady. It's calm. So we're not going to lean on strong personalities. And even people that are very gifted. You cannot lean on gifts. We have to lean on the giver. That's where Pentecost failed. They were looking to the gifts. And when they fell, they fell. So the bride, we've got to learn where Pentecost failed. The Word's going to march us on. So we don't look at gifts. We keep a hold of the giver. And stay strong on that, friends. Because someone could be inspired and anointed under a certain gift. But it's got to come down individually. Where it's the Word is what gave you the answer for your life. Ecclesiastes 3. Let's turn that there very quickly. And we're not going to turn to any other places tonight. So this is our only uh, last scripture that we're going to turn to. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a word in shaking times. Just ask Brother Robinson back there. Has it been shaking in the last month or so? Yes, it has, brother. Shaking times. Moving times. We look around the room and 
Very shaking times, moving times. But the Word has the answer for us. And the Word has already prepared you for what you're going to face. Has anyone here ever gone through something and said, Haven't I been here before? Has anybody here ever gone through something and you, you have this sense that you've already been here and even though it's very troubling or shaking, you just feel a calmness and a strength. Do you know that's the Holy Spirit? Do you know that's the heart of God was already given you preparation? And you might not even be able to put words to it. But you just have something rock solid. Tonight, if you have that, you ought to better say, praise the Lord. That is confirmation. Number one, that I'm a seed of God. Number two, that He is with me. And when everything else gives way, and the waves are coming over the brow, and everything's going this way and that way, and this way and that way, you can anchor down deep in the rock of ages. God has already been here before. Then you can just lean back and say, Lord, what is the right response then? How should I be approaching this? How you already know what is the right thing to say, Lord. So forgive me for my ignorance and my uh, simplicity. And in one place, Brother Branham actually said stupidity. I think one place he called, forgive me, Lord, your stupid servant. Because, you know, friends, we can get under strain and do things under pressure that's not the real you. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. This is a very wonderful chapter. To everything there is a season. Or you could say to everything there is a season. And a time... Ecclesiastes 3.1 And a time to every purpose under the heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. And we celebrate births and we love birthdays and we have baby showers and everybody's so happy at the birth. And there's a time to be born and there is a time to, to let someone go. And it's not so joyous. And it's not so full of celebration because now we've lived so long and we've attached ourselves. But the Bible says there is a time to die. So we accept that as being the Word of God and we allow our faith to just say, Lord, help me through that. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. You can read down through these verses, but the Bible has given us much wisdom. A time to kill and a time to heal time to break down and a time to build up. There is a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. But I'll stop here and say this. It's inappropriate to do that in the wrong season. Just look at verse 4. A time to weep and a time to laugh. If you're laughing in a time of weep and a time you should be weeping, it's inappropriate. So tonight we're speaking about being appropriate, responding correctly it, it means to get under the burden of the hour. If there's a time to mourn, then there's a time to dance. There's a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to get 
And there's a time to lose. There is a time to make money and bring in income. And there's a time to lose on the situation and let it go. Just let it go. Say, but we lost or this happened. Let it go. There's a time to keep and a time... Do you get it here that there is all of these things? And it's inappropriate to do the opposite thing at this certain moment and at this certain time calling for a certain response and we give the opposite, we would say that's inappropriate. So the Holy Spirit tonight is encouraging us in our response. Verse 11 is our last verse. He hath made everything beautiful in His time. And the believer just says, Amen. Because He is in control of our lives. He's making everything beautiful in His time. So I don't have no time. My time is yours, Lord. Changing times. Difficult times. How are we going to face these times? The Word has prepared us. I'm just going to show you a clip in just a moment as the brothers are just going to prepare it for us. But how many have served the Lord here for at least 20 years? Raise your hand. At least 20 years? What about 10 years? At least 10 years. I asked Brother Derek. Yeah, 16 years going on this year, right? 10 years or more you've served the Lord. Five years or more. And we have new believers and we have ones that are new. You have seen a lot of shaking. Is that true? Personally, a lot of shaking. In relationships, there can be things said or done. Friendships, marriages, they're shaking times. In a person's health, it can get shook. In families, our children, financial things, and economics can be shaken. Careers and and workplaces. I'm just going down some of these things. Education and schooling. Even churches have times of shaking. Times when it just, it causes you to get troubled. In your spirit. Say, what are we supposed to do? You're supposed to respond appropriately. You're supposed to do the right thing. We could talk about the global countries and politics. Even amongst message ranks. As we come into the new year, we expect shaking times. But our response must be in line with the director of the symphony. I'm going to turn now as we go to the message, Shalom. I'm going to show you something on the screen that Brother Branham spoke about in the message, Shalom, 1964. And some thought it was an error during the message when he was talking about symphony. And then he started saying sympathy. And he started saying sympathy, sympathy. And he started talking about a sympathy, how it's in music and things, a drama and acting out. He talked to the little children about it, how they would understand in school and Russian sympathy. And he said the word sympathy. Sometimes they acted out on drums and the little woodpecker he talked about fluttering and beating on the drums. And you hear it as it goes through the symphony. So now he says, and the symphony plays it. And he calls it like Peter and the wolf and the Russian sympathy. And he brings it out. Brother Branham was saying then to the adults, he said, the scripture, the scripture is God's symphony. 
He said, oh, hallelujah, only the composer knows what it really means. And he reveals it to those who are listening, who are interested in knowing what the drama is. But you'll have to know a sympathy. And many said, he's wrong. He said it wrong. But did you know it was actually right? The word symphony, we know, can be musical, like an orchestra, moving typically in four movements. I know there's a lot of musicians here, so I'm watching my notes closely. But a symphony has to do with things that are composed, and there's different elements to a symphony, or you might call it an orchestra. But the word symphony, whether it's the old French, or the Latin, or the Greek, means to be harmonious. And it comes together, sim meaning together, and phone, which means sound. It means to sound together. Or it's a together sound. I'm making a point here about sympathy and sympathy and symphony. Because Brother Branham was in the message of Shalom talking about symphony. Then he says sympathy. And he says it's not just something you see. It's changing the junctions of the word, the music. And it throws, sometimes it goes this way for a while, a certain beat, and after a while it changes all around. What is it? To you who wouldn't understand it or don't know nothing about it or not interested in it, it's just a racket and just a fuss. But to those who know about it, they're watching for it and they know it's coming. Are you interested tonight? But do you know what a sympathy is? And most of us would say, Brother John, you know, that's feelings of pity or sorrow. Or a person starts to say, I have sympathy uh, or understanding. Or we need more of a common feeling and so forth. I'm not speaking about that. Sympathy is actually a musical term, which means relating harmoniously to something else. It means to be in keeping. Sympathy. It means to the state or the, the act of responding in a way or corresponding to an action elsewhere. So we're talking about the mind of God or the Word of God or what His will for your life. And to all of us here uh, tonight, I'm going to show you something that science has proved that sympathy is a magnetic field That when you start getting in the spirit of it, everything moves in motion together. I want you to see it on the screen. We're going to start out watching something. Everything's going different. Everything's opposite. Everyone's going from their own personal ways. And then after a while, everything's moving together. Did you know that's actually scientific? It's called sympathy. And a prophet said it. Let's hear it tonight. Let's watch it on the screen. I think we can... uh, Brother Michael help us with this. You can just turn the volume up a little bit, brothers. I'm bringing this in for the bride of Christ. Now look, they're all different. They're all separate. They're all individual. They all were moving at different places, different times. I'm going back to our opening. What, What the world said was fake. The bride says, that was a pillar of fire. Science had to prove. This is science proving what a prophet said. Sympathy. Sympathy. And they all said, you're missaying the words. This is sympathy. It's called sympathetic resonance. 
As time goes on, there's an unseen magnetic field starts moving to these different objects so they all start moving together. Do you see that? It's a musical phrase. Sympathy. Say, I don't understand that. You're seeing the word happening right in front of you. Science has to prove. You bring them under the right atmosphere and this right anointing. They start keeping together. It means keeping together. Sympathy means keeping together. That's what the bride's doing right now. When the bride recognizes who she is, and we all start working together, that's when something happens. Did that point get across? Are they moving together? How did that happen? Science will tell you it's because they all got in one mind, one accord. They all got in harmony. It's called sympathetic resonance. I tell you, when the bride begins to move under that one spirit of Christ and that harmony of the Word, all in unison, something's going to happen. And we're all different, we're all unique, we can all operate in our little ways, but you start letting the Spirit of God bring us under a certain place. It's not going to be one person going here, there. Friends, it's time to bring harmony. And a prophet was speaking it in the message Shalom. And a, and a, and a real intellectual person said, he's saying that wrong. He's saying that wrong. Brother Branham even said, I, I'm saying that word right, right? Sympathy, sympathy, symphony. I hope so. And then I just happened to think of it. Someone in the congregation said symphony. See, they were thinking all along. And here, a musical turn of sympathy. God was bringing it right out of the people. And he said, we, we have these times of symphonies, of the symphony of God's word, that the whole drama changes. Now, here's something for, I want you to grab your hold on to tonight. The whole drama changes. And you who are interested, listen for that change. You know it's getting close. You hear the way the drums are beating. You want something to happen. You know this is a change and it's going to break out into a burst in a few minutes. And you're watching for it. And you can tell the way the drums are timing. He said, oh God, if you can hear the drums of the finish now and the echo of the music of the heavenly word singing itself. The sympathy. Right of God's great drama that he's playing it changes him his sympathy at the junction and you know what a carnal mind they weren't even listening you're saying that wrong you're saying that wrong and a prophet was saying exactly right he was bringing harmony to the bride I say God give us more of that sympathy He said, the composer and those who are interested, listen for the change. That's what all this stuff is to us. We're listening. We're watching. Every time he appears, something happens. We see the time getting close. 
And we look back yonder when the church ages was being drawn out. We were listening. We seen it was right with the word, beating with the word. After a while, what happened? He came and vindicated himself. And he goes on to say it again and again. Sympathy, sympathy, symphony. Oh, listen tonight. He said, man who could close his mortal eyes to earthly sight and live in the presence of Jesus Christ. When you see his word being beat out in the great sympathy that we're living in, changing, you must begin in the symphony. He's just using both words. You say, which one is right? They're both right. He said, you don't just stand off and look at it. You get in the rhythm of it. So friends, I would encourage all of you tonight. We're all different. We're all unique. We're all... But friends, don't you just be going this way and that way. But friends, if you stay in the atmosphere of God, we'd all be swinging the same way. And it's not kumbaya all the way the worldly. Let's all get in some little chant. It's the Word of God. Don't take me wrong for that. It's, it's much deeper than that. Amen. I want to go to the slides. Can I go there before we close, Brother Joseph? And I want to speak about this. Who's ever heard of stabilizers? I have it on the screen in front of you. I want you to just catch this before we close. Big ships have these stabilizers. You that know about cruise ships and things. Why they don't just tilt over and go over. It looks like it's because they're stabilizers. They're actually called boat stabilizers on yachts have them. They're called flopper stoppers. It's to keep the boat from flopping around. In other words, stop the flopping. That's what they're called. They're called flopper stoppers. You can see these things hanging out from the sides and they're actually stabilizers. This is spiritual tonight. Underneath the water, it's opening and closing. You wouldn't even see it, but it's helping stabilize the ship. This is what it might look like. Some of you might wonder. You know what its purpose is? It's to give balance to the boat. It's to bring stability when everything is rolling and rolling and people get sick and people throwing up, people don't know where to go, they get turned around, you need a stabilizer. This is out of Christ is revealed in His own Word, 1965. The stabilizers has been put on the ship. And people that are rolling all around and getting sick and they're always just... It takes pressure off of certain other areas of the boat. When things are just rocking and this and that. and Well, we're all on the ship of Zion together, brother. But that's not good enough. God puts out the stabilizers. Because a boat that's rocking puts pressure. And it'll break. That's the problem with rolling around. It stops the boat from flopping. I'm just going to ask the brothers to play the next part. It's actually an underground view of, of, of this uh, flopper stopper. This is Wednesday night, so we're going to let you see this. This is an underwater view of a, under the boat. Do you see that hanging off the side of the boat? That's a flopper stopper. 
It's stopping the boat from just floating around. Don't you like nature? Wow, that was quick. It's from another view. It's showing you from another angle. It's stopping the boat from just going all over the place. I'm going to show you another clip of a capsizing boat here. This is in Alaska here. This is a boat that didn't have the stabilizers. This boat does not have stabilizers put out. And we're going to see by the end of this shaking time, it's going to capsize. And even the ship that is taking the video can't get close to it or it would crash and cause damage to both. It's oftentimes when you see a person that's being shaken and being moved and it's like a loose cannon going all over. But watch now in the shaking times and waves rolling. This is a ship without a stabilizer. And it goes right over. And the next part of this video clip was the people on board saying, we've got to go and rescue the people. It reminds me of winter camp, summer camp, church services. Just pause it, brothers. Without a stabilizer, there's going to be great damage to the ship. Loss of life. And Brother Branham said, great fearful waves are out here before us. Now I'm bringing tonight's service right in front of you. An appropriate response to shaking times. Put out the stabilizers. Because he said great fearful waves are out here before us. But we know just beyond that wave yonder, we're nearing the shore. We're nearing the shore. Just stay stabled. Stay in the Word. Stay with God. No matter how you feel. This is good word before we go out these doors tonight. No matter how you feel. What anything else. Stay right with the word. Let it stay stable. When you see all these great clouds around us, storms coming, atomic bombs and everything else, they're talking about, but our stabilizer is right straight in the Word. God said it would be there and will crest every one of them. How many believe that tonight? I'm not speaking a message of fear about the new year shaking times. We're speaking about our response to that. Our appropriate response. Lord, we're ready for this because Your Word has prepared us. Yeah, we'll go right over the top of them. Yes, indeed. They can't sink us. They can't drown us. Cloverdale Bible Way. Are we listening? Individually. Your family, your marriage, your church. God's calling for your life. They can't sink us. They can't drown us. You put us in the grave, we'll come out again. That's just all there is to it. There ain't no thing in the world to keep it down there. We'll crest every one of them. Because our great chief captain is calling at the other side. He's calling tonight. Come on over here into a greater relationship. He's calling from the other side saying, come on over here to heaven. Let's watch our last clip tonight. I want to show you these two boats. One has stabilizers and the other one don't. Let's turn up the volume a little bit. I want the congregation to hear the waves. This 
this one right here does not have stabilizers. 9320. Those are actual fishing poles out the side. But you'll see the other one has a stabilizer out to the side. Storms are high. Taking time. Malcolm. It's so good to have a stabilizer. And the end of this is the one with the stabilizer made it to the destination. The other boat had to turn around. That's exactly where we're at tonight. If someone doesn't have a stabilizer out, they're not going to make it, friends. It's time to put out the stabilizers. Stay steady. Stay stable. The word stabilizer means... It's a horizontal stabilizer. That means it's called to reduce the rolling. Stop rolling. That's why the prophet preached against rock and roll. That's why those spirits of perversion and perversion coming through the ranks was rolling and rocking the people. And he called it out back then. He'd call it out today. Stay anchored to that solid rock. Put out the stabilizers. God bless you as our musicians come, come. And you that know cooking, I see Sister Karen here tonight and a lot of other chefs and mothers, but a, a stabilizer when it comes to food is a substance that is inside of there that prevents the breakdown of all the mixtures. It keeps things together. It holds things together. Don't you want to be a stabilizer for us? Who wants to be that for your family? For our church? I don't want to ask the question, who wants to be a loose cannon? In the olden days, all the cannons going out the side, and in the time of war, all of a sudden somebody gets a loose cannon and starts killing your own people, crashing into the cook, killing the, the captain, smashing the minister, downplaying the song leader. Hit your wife, hit your husband, hit your kids. It's called a loose cannon. You know what they did? They ran to that person, that cannon, and tied it up. And you stop rolling around here. You're killing us, man. You're killing me, man. Oh, God, I want to be a loose cannon. Stop the nonsense. Amen. You're, put the stabilizers out. Get back in line. Get, get over there and get tied up and defeat the enemy. The enemy isn't your brother, your sister. Stay in sympathy. Say, Brother Branham was wrong. He even said it the next week. And the next Shalom message, sympathy. That shows he, it shows he was a man, but he was a prophet of God. So the next time you want to look it up, just ask Brother Ryan. Sympathy. It's a musical term. I can already hear. Is it really a musical term, Brother Ryan? I thank God that he's putting out the stabilizers in our lives. Let's stand to our feet. I want to sing that song, Brother Branham. Referred to, I am anchored in Jesus, number 741, before we go out into the...
storm. Amen. 741, I think we know that song. You know that song? Let's sing this. Brother Branham referred to this in this message. Upon life's of you courageous ones want to do a study on flopper stoppers it's your homework you go into a little harbor and you want to get some respite from the swells of life and you can see it they show boats just going like this going like this going like this going. and then they throw out these little stoppers that all of you laugh at and think they're so funny and it just stops people can have rest People can relax, shalom. They can get things together. We need that more and more. Put out the... Stop flopping around. We need to put out the flopper stoppers. In our own lives, in times of shaking times, we need times when God just touches our hearts. Maybe as we bow our heads tonight and as we close, who would say, Lord, I want to respond appropriately. 
in your own life, in a situation, or in a... God's gifts always find their places. You just rest in the Word of God tonight, friends. Heavenly Father, we're raising our hands as the service has been so filled with worship and praises from the beginning. And the song leader, our brother Michael, praying throughout the meeting. You can just sense the hunger and thirst of the people. We're so thankful for these times of rest. These things we can see and hear. Not in our intellect or imagination. Not under delusion or an optical thing, but something that can be settled down there. Even science had to prove that the pillar of fire was a light striking the lens. Even science had to prove that sympathy is actually a musical harmony of individuals, people that can move together under a certain magnetic field. We love nature. We love water. We love getting out there and seeing God in nature. But when we see it before us, by your prophet's message, by the scripture, tonight it's anchored down deeper that there is a time and a season for everything in our lives. And you are making everything beautiful. We confess that, Lord, in your house. You are making everything beautiful. In your time, Lord, and I pray for every single heart here that you would give them rest and calmness, Jesus. Visit our homes. Visit our automobiles, our workplaces, our school places, and our church gatherings, whether they be here or fellowships or prayer meetings or young people's meetings or winter camp that's coming up or anything that would be reflective of our lives, Lord. Let it be the appropriate response, Lord. Flow through us, Lord Jesus. Fill every believer with a edification tonight and a smile on their face, joy in their hearts. We are passing through shaking times. Maybe in the future even, you are preparing us for a shaking moment. Lord Jesus, let us be mature enough to take the time that we need in your presence so that when we face those moments it can be with your word with your Holy Spirit with the fire of God in our hearts pray a blessing upon the congregation our hearts are so full of appreciation for each one of them and are thankful God let us all move and sway and operate as a body, as a team, as a anointed vessels, Jesus. Flow through us, Lord. Go with every life. Bring healing, deliverance. Reveal yourself more and more, we pray. Commit these hearts to you in unspoken requests. We give them to you again in faith believing. Everything is under your control. So we go in your precious name, Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'd like to hear that message, Why Christ Speak, that's where a prophet said, the situation is under control. And he said, it anoints us when we see that we're living in the last days. It anoints our faith and it moves us out into great cycles. 
There's something within us. We were predestinated to see this hour. And there's nothing going to stop us from seeing it. Friends, this, that's good food. You're predestinated for this hour. May the Lord go with you. Meet your needs and prosper your lives. Amen. I was, can we sing a song as we go? I was, can we sing 365? It's just a, just a chorus. I have an anchor in my life. I was thinking of the Biscoe sisters singing this song and their album. I have an anchor. Pass.